amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Audio Frontier. Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is Wrestling Death and is scheduled for one hour. Welcome to Wrestling Daft The Marks. Um, I'm John, producer of Wrestling Daft and host of the show. And with me, as per usual, I have a man bigger than the buffet that Paul Heyman consumed at Money in the Bank. It's Big Alex. How are you? But the real question is, is my current levels of disappointment, disappointment bigger than that? We will get to that in a minute. And below him on the Zoom screen below me, if you're watching the video version, if you're listening to it, it really doesn't matter. It's a man who's had more scoops recently than an ice cream parlour. It's Gary Cassidy. How's it going? How's it going? All good, all good. And we'll get to your scoops regarding a certain future Hall of Famer just in a minute. But before all the stuff, before we tell you what's happening on the show, what we've got going on, let's talk about money in the bank. Now, there has been, this pay-per-view has split the wrestling audience like no pay-per-view I've ever known. Gary Cassidy, you missed the Patreon party. Where were you just before we get on? We had a Patreon party for all our patrons. He was on Twitter, John. His own social is more important than yours, I'm afraid. Yep, exactly. I had... um... I had one, uh, the first reason was hunger difficulties, uh, but then the second was technical difficulties, uh, where essentially my laptop was uh, wanting to update, and the only device I had, sorry, my iPad was also knackered, uh, that was a battery, so the only device I had was my phone, and of course I had to live tweet it. So, uh, of course you did, of course you did, uh, but <laughs> we'll let you off this time, but it was a good laugh, and you know, we, we did that with our patrons, had a, a really good laugh, good, good couple of drinks, but even on that, the audience was completely split, the whole wrestling audience has been split, Gary, at what end of the spectrum do you sit on Money in the Bank? For Alex's reaction earlier, I'm going to say the opposite end to him, um, because I loved it, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, mainly because it was short, I think was probably, you know, that definitely contributed to it. But I thought every match, despite some of them not being like instant classics or anything, but I thought every match was enjoyable and specifically the main event as well. So I really liked it. Yeah, any, any kind of start, step out, uh, standout pieces for you within it? Um, so definitely the, the main event, but I think everybody would probably either have that as their favourite or least favourite thing. So I will say probably, like, I think the Drew McIntyre-Seth Rollins match, I think you might struggle to find a, a better match of that length this year. But I was pleasantly surprised by the two SmackDown Championship matches that weren't the Universal title one. Um, I thought the Bailey tamina one was a lot better than what I expected. Maybe I had low expectations, um, but that was a lot better than expected, and I absolutely loved the tag team championship match as well. So, right, okay then, and maybe I'm guessing on the other end of the scale, Alex, what did you make of it all? <laughs> well, I think I think the main event muddies my overall opinion of the show a little bit. So I kind of went with Gary on the quality of the wrestling was really good, but I found the matches was all a little bit too predictable for me, and in the end, I think the 
they seem to not understand what we all really enjoyed from the Taker match and from the Firefly Funhouse match. They went a little bit too over the top for me with like the music. It was that ridiculous bit where Dana Brooke, all they needed was a bloody banana skin for her to slipped over at that bit. And the really thing that really kind of grinds my gears the most and it kind of leads on from Raw last night is people got thrown off the roof. A, it was disappointing. And B, they're back on the TV the next night. <laughs> yeah, the, the one thing I, I mean, I, from, I'm kind of sitting in the middle. So Alex didn't like it at all. Gary loved it. I'm kind of sitting in the middle. I thought some of the stuff in it was great. I, 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 there's sections I would take out. The way they started the match with them all kind of lined up, I thought was a horrible way to start. I just I, I did like Oscar's we jumping off the balcony. That, that was cool. Just that, for that spot. But they're all just sort of lined up and see all these badass women like Shayna Baszler and Nia Jackson just stood there like that. Yeah, um, but on the upside, we did get Dana Brooke's little somersault forward rolly thing that she does, which is that, which is phenomenally good and is the best thing about Dana Brooke. So at least I had that going for it. That that's true, but again, just the music through it. At one point, I thought the Benny Hill theme was going to come on. I really expected the Benny Hill theme to come on as they were chasing each other through the corridors. I but think that we can music. They could have went so much more serious with it, and I think it would have it would have been a lot better. They should have went for a much more hardcore tone with it. And but, the roof thing, there was no big bumps. No one jumped off a ladder. There was no one going through tables. It was like they should have at least taken yeah. some aspects of Money in the Bank that they do every year and maintained it. Yeah, I've seen that though, Alex. You see that, you know, they could have made it more serious, but then we're, we all sat and bumped our gums when we watched Randy Orton versus Edge at WrestleMania, you know, and that was... That was pretty, you know, serious. So I liked... There's a middle ground, and I think yeah, they missed yeah. the middle ground. I, 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 I'd agree with that. I mean, I enjoyed parts of it. I didn't enjoy part, other parts of it. I thought, like Gary said, I thought actually the matches running up to the main event were really decent, really decent, especially, you know, the Seth uh, McIntyre I thought was really good. And didn't Aye. get the handshake bit at the end, though. What was that all about? Just keeping Drew. No, um, so that's... I, I thought that was a kind of a way to end the rivalry. But the weird thing is they didn't play off it the way I thought they would last night because I thought I didn't think they were gonna, you know, turn Seth face, which a lot of people said, because they gave him new music. They're not gonna make him like Uber Hill with that music and then make him a face. I thought it was just an end the rivalry way. But I thought the way they were gonna lead into it was maybe have Murphy say, You're showing weakness, you're not a real leader, and then have Murphy and Rollins clash. But obviously they went the complete opposite direction of that last night, so um, but the, the, the main thing, what Alex said about the bumps off the, the ladders, I noticed that as well. And I actually thought, I, I'm not certain of this, um, I thought that might have been because it was on the roof. Maybe people didn't want to take really massive bumps uh, off the ladders. Uh, I, I, I get I, that. I, I, that, I, I get well. that. They could have had them lower down, like when they were in the and stuff. Do you know what I mean? They didn't have to necessarily do it on the roof. Yeah, and, I thought yeah, Muckle's spot or something as well through a table or something would have worked, I think. Yeah. They just ran up the ladder and that was it. Do you know what <sighs> I mean? I think they could have done more on the roof. Yeah. I think the you main know, uh, the main two things I hated was um for a start, Doink the Clown looked more like I don't know if any of you know Frank the Clown, who is Mick Foley's son in law to be. Um just a note doink. And the other one was uh, as much as I liked the Stephanie McMahon moment 
how very obvious it was that she wasn't in the same room. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. She was recording it at home, much like Adam Cole's been doing. All that. <laughs> <laughs> the bit I, I have to say, the bit that really did right. So we're, we're led to believe that two men have been thrown off of the building, right? But then it pans to this helicopter shot, and you can quite clearly they've just been thrown o- thrown over a hedge. You, know, <laughs> you can see. I there was also I don't know how loud you guys had your sound on, and it, it does kind of make sense with what they said was the explanation last night. But you heard a thud literally a second after, and I don't know if it was deliberate or not. But you heard a thud the second they went over the, as if they were landing somewhere. But obviously they kind of explained that anyway, so it does make sense. But it was a bit weird at the time. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it really did. It was. You know, we put it out to the audience because it's a pay-per-view, I think. I've not seen a pay-per-view split a wrestling audience like that. Usually, wrestling audiences are all very much in the same boat. Or I hated that or I loved that. But this one, I mean, I don't know how you found it, Gary. If you've been checking out Twitter, it's been completely split, hasn't it? Uh, it was overall positive uh, for what I've seen, but I have seen a lot of really negative comments. Um, I, I think it's been, you know, people that have liked it, haven't they been like, some have been like, that's the best thing ever, but I'd, I would liken it to the reaction to the Johnny Gargano um, Champa cinematic match we've seen where it is quite <laughs> quite oh, yeah. mixed on the last match, especially. I think a lot liked everything before it, but the last match definitely divided people. Well, speaking yeah. of Johnny as well, we need to give big old John Laurinaitis a shout out. We haven't seen John Laurinaitis <laughs> in years. The people cameo, power, everyone. Cameo, people power. Yeah, yeah. Love, love Pritchard turning up and all that sort of stuff. We actually put this out to the Wrestling Daft listeners. I put that out uh, on our Twitter today and asked people to give us a five-word review of the show. So here we go. Uh, Kieran Thomas, actually not really that bad. Uh, Gary Henderson, Tommy End dead. Congrats, Rab. In <laughs> fact, that Robert Form, who does the flagship post, has a real issue with Alexander, Alistair Black. Um, Andy, stupid, silly, mental, loved it. Uh, Chris, Oh, I love this one. Yo, Mandy, I did it. Chris, dinosaur bones, what the fuck? What's the Tyrannosaurus Rex bones in Vince's office? Fucking what? That. Great. Do you know what Vince is like? There'll be some really weird reference there to something that Vince likes dinosaurs or something. I genuinely. Uh... I thought it was a, or it might not be, but I thought it was a reference to people calling my dinosaur online for being old and past it. Yeah. I thought it was that kind of taking a no, giant. Triple, triple, triple H brought it, bought it for him as a gift uh, for his birthday, and I believe we've got more on this on the news in a bit. Uh, but uh, apparently, it was his appetite for life. That's why he got him a T Rex ah. skill. Apparently, but. Hey, hey. So that's a little bit too much of like, a, how to put it, a inside joke gift for any of us really to get, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's uh, a bit of a vague reference, if I'm honest. Yeah, uh, Roscoe says, two dead in a briefcase bonanza. Um, degenerate069, wacky races meets home alone. <laughs> that's, a, that's a brilliant description of it. Uh, Scott Kirkwood, Corbin murder trial coming soon. <laughs> that should have been Monday night. It should have been should have started off with Corbin up there, and there should have been a judge back out there, and it could have been convict Corbin instead of Corporal or King Corbin. You know, uh, Jamie Scotts went for Benny Hills alive and well. Uh, Collie Walnuts too dead in wrestling horror, <laughs> and Connor Twiggs just went for money in the bank. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it really has split the audience, but. You know, I, I I was in the middle of you two, I have to say, on it. But, um, yeah, the next pay-per-view is Backlash. Is that right? 
as yeah. indeed. Why have they swapped round backlash and money in the bank? To me, it seems a bit. I know they should have easy. Uh, ex- oh no, because they should have extreme rules, shouldn't they? In between. I I always thought Backlash was named Backlash because it was the Backlash for WrestleMania. So did yeah, I, yeah, because it was always Backlash <laughs> for years. Then they then they took it away. And now they've brought it back, and, and now they've moved it again. Don't know. I'd suspect that it's, I suspect it's due to the situation that Money in the Bank is a gimmick match that fits kind of no crowds and what they did. Obviously, at Stamford works better, and they're hoping. I'm guessing by the time that Backlash comes around, that they'll have an audience there to play with. Whether that's the case or not, we'll wait and find out. But I guess they made that call a bit earlier on, just on the off chance. So we will wait and find out. So, yeah, that was Money in the Bank, but we've got a show for you today. Now, in previous weeks, thanks to our friend Gary Casti, we've had Joanna Perrazzo. Last week, we had Matt Riddle. This week, we have a future Hall of Famer on the show. Who is it, Gary? Um, I future Hall of Famer. Was a, a good term to use because that's something that's been a matter of controversy surrounding this person and uh, obviously it's something I had to ask ask him about as well. I'll get away by saying it's a he, um, which doesn't really narrow it down um, unless you, you really want this person in the Hall of Fame. Christian, um, he's in a movie with John Moxley, he's doing all the acting kind of stuff they know, he's an executive producer, he's doing WWE backstage. He's retired, sadly, for, for being in the ring, um, which I asked him about as well. But I had the chance to catch up with him, which was absolutely brilliant. So looking forward to that interview. What did you get into with him, Gary? Um, it was kind of a load of a random questions I really wanted answered. I always say that, if, you know, if there's stuff that I kind of want to know, then I'll just hope other people feel the same. Um, obviously, I asked him about the new film with, with John Moxley in it why he was cast in the role and stuff like that. But the main things that I wanted to know, um, being an NXT fan and quite liking Chelsea Green, I really wanted to know what he thought about her uh, unprettier, that she calls the I'm prettier, uh, and, and whether he was a fan of that. So I asked about that. Um, I'm a massive mark for the brood. I love the brood, and I think their theme tune is the best theme tune probably all, of all time in wrestling. So I asked him about his favourite entrances. I can see uh, screwed up faces. Tazawa <laughs> scene, I think you'll find the best. Well, I think, I, I, see, I was used to before you with the Tazawa thing until I realised that it's just a complete and utter rip-off of a battle of honour, battle for honour of humanity, John. So I think it's more of a copyright case than a banger, personally. Uh, but yeah, no, it's a great interview, and you can hear Gary completely marking out over Christian a bit later on in the show. Can we start something at the end of every interview? We have to give Gary a mark scale for how marky he was during oh, the was, interview. Was, wait till you hear this. Again. It was a full-on mark on this interview, especially the end. So you'll hear that later in the podcast. And please listen to the end of the interview when Gary really marks out. Uh, so yeah, we've got that coming up with Christian. Uh, Fantasy Booking Island this week. Alex, you have the book and what are you making me and Gary book this week? So we thought we'd keep it on topic. So rebook what you think is the biggest wasted money in the bank cashing. And if neither of you have picked a certain Damien Sandow, I'm going to be very disappointed. Oh, I wonder. Uh, we'll find out what's now if you both, But if you both pick Damien Sandow, I think there then needs to be some kind of punishment for a lack of originality. <laughs> right, okay then. So we'll, we'll go get to that a bit later on in the show. Uh, plus, we'll be budding and putting over all the stuff from the shows this week. Our guest mark this week is Tactical Hot Dog, a.k.a. Sean. He'll be doing Smackdown for us. Gary will have all the news from the business. But first, is that point in the show when we like to cut a promo? I have... A lot of things I want to get off my chest. Stepping up to the mic this week. He looks very angry. He's, he's definitely got some issues this week. It's Big Alex. What are you having? Jake, 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 Jake. Jake? 
why the fuck is a 60-year-old man gyrating on top of an unconscious woman in the middle of the ring on live television? Where's the sexual harassment going on? How does he still have a job after doing that to his boss? How, he looks like a pervert. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't understand. At the top of it all off, he stood on his snake. So, hashtag justice for Jake's snake. Hold on. I think I, um, he's bringing a new gimmick called uh, Jake the Snake Hips Roberts. <laughs> We see, while we're on the topic of Jake the Snake, my flatmate has finally figured out what Cody needs to defeat Lance Archer. And apparently he needs a mongoose. Oh, yes, yes. Or, or according to my flatmate, six mongoose. I don't know why six is the special number, but apparently that's what's needed to beat Jake the Snake. So get rid of Pharaoh Brandy and get yourself a new mongoose, take it out to the ring, and then we won't have this whole sexual harassment problem anymore. I completely missed this. So let me get this straight. Jake the Snake stood over Brandy. No, no, no. He like they, Brandy got knocked out, and he like press up over Brandy up and down, and right. then murder with the snake. It was it was really really strange. Right. Okay. It was just weird, and the weird they did it right after Brandy like cut a pretty good promo on him, and so they kind of made her up to this big kind of like authoritative figure, and then that happened. So, so apparently everything in AEW that involves Brandy just has to go directly to the bin. <laughs> so no to Jake the Snake's snake hips yeah it's yeah, just no just none of that go back to, just no more sexual harassment please so it's that time on the show where I get my salesman hat on and I tell you about our merch stall yes you can have your very own wrestling daft merch if you're a fan of the show we've got a range of t-shirts and we've also got a hoodie up there uh, all catchphrases from the show the flagship show you'll get I'm going to take the bump for you, which was in relation to read a story about uh, the Honky Tonk Man. Uh, Chips, Cheese and Dormy, the best faction in Scottish wrestling. Uh, Margaret, there's The Fiend. Uh, get the red light on, that's up there. And uh, our favourite one on this show is, of course, I'm a Mark, which you can get in a range of colours and sizes. All you need to do is head to shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling that. Now, listen up to this, boys. I'm taking advantage of the... I'm capitalising upon the coronavirus lockdown situation because it looks like when we do get out of lockdown in public transports in certain areas, we're all going to have to wear face masks. So you'll never guess what you can get now. You can get a wrestling daft face mask. (laughs) Please tell me you've done like luchador designs over them or something, or is it just a logo? It's just a logo. Ah, Um, ah. I really should have thought. I got one. Uh, Gredo's um, catchphrase for a few weeks ago that we're all gonna die. <laughs> 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 that, one, the- <laughs> that is a great. I might put that into the design team. Uh, but yeah, not only do you get your, you get a wrestling daft face mask now. I swear to God, and you can also do you know what I've also upped our game. You can get good old fashioned phone covers now as well. I've just realised that on our uh, shop on Spreadshirt that you can get all this stuff by just clicking a button, so I've taken full advantage of it. So you can get face masks and now mobile phone covers. If you're into wrestling, that these are a must-to-have in the current environment. Um, maybe not so much the phone cases, but definitely get yourself a wrestling daft face mask. Uh, so we've also got this month uh, our t-shirt of the month which is in current development and uh, you're going to be able to vote on your favorite t-shirt design on our twitter at wrestling daft and um, you can vote on alexa who is graham Steveley? 
We've got a few designs up there uh, and I want you guys to vote on your favourite one and we'll have that available from next week. So you can find... I don't know and that's my Alexa just went <laughs> off there. Alexa, <laughs> stop. So you can get all those designs right now and your very own wrestling daft face mark shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft that's shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft and if you do buy any of our merch please send us a pic on social media and we'll put you straight into the hall of fame so shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft So at this point in the show every week, we like to bury and put over stuff from the weekly TV shows. Um, and myself, Gary, Alex, we can't be arsed doing a Smackdown pretty much. So we invite one of our uh, listeners, Stroke Marks, to come on. And this week, we have one of our regular contributors to the show. Uh, he's known as the Tactical Hot Dog. It's Sean. Welcome to the show, Sean. Cheers, mate. How are you doing? Not bad. Thank you for taking the Smackdown bullet. We always say thanks for that. It means we yep. have to watch it, and it means you do. Uh, so, Sean, uh, tell us a wee bit about uh, your wrestling background. How long you've been following wrestling? Oh, I've been watching wrestling since maybe about nine. So, it's collecting, you know, the old Panini wrestling stickers and everything. Me and my cousin would trade them about, like, good old-fashioned, need that, need that. Oh, I want that macho man one. <laughs> So what what kind of era? Are you an Attitude Era guy or are you do yeah. Attitude Era? Attitude Era. I, li- I love all the the old stuff. Be- well, old stuff. Before that, you know, like Hogan, Savage, Warrior, all yeah. that kind of stuff. But when I really, really got properly into it, it was good old Attitude Era. Yeah. I see, I'm a, I make, it always ages me because obviously Gary and Alex are a lot younger than me and I'm, I'm a Hogan, Warrior you know, Sergeant Slaughter, Mr. Oh, and a guy, you know, giving away my age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, listen, solid wrestling credentials, the fact that you, that, did you complete your uh, WWE sticker book? I did. Yes, I did. And I wish I still had it because that would just be amazing. <laughs> well, can, you, can you remember the last sticker you were waiting on? Oh, I think it was just like a random one. It was like, Yo, what, what's the last one? What's the last one I need? Oh, it's it's the Texas tornado. I fucking brilliant. <laughs> brilliant, right? So that's solid wrestling credentials. Uh, so thanks for doing SmackDown. But let's kick off as we do with AEW, Alex. So we were back live this week, which actually surprised me. So they were back in Daly's place, and I've always wondered what the AEW to Daly's place connection is, and it turns out. It's not just next to you, it's physically attached to the, Jaguar, the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium. So oh, really? It answered, is, it, it answered is, that, is that a shopping centre? I'm really totally confused about Daly's Place. It's like this amusement bit that's attached to the stadium where they can get like drinks and they maybe have smaller shows and stuff, potentially. Right, 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 right. It, it looks like, because I mean, it's all open air as well, it looks really cool. I, I really like the look of the place. I, have yeah, to I always just call it the South Park Stadium ever since Tony Khan did his... Uh, set up after that South Park, ep- South Park episode but since we've been there so much I now feel like I have to call it Daly's Place <laughs> it's kind of like the new kind of like home of AEW almost yeah 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 they were, they were being pretty good if you notice they made a point of focusing on every member of crew wearing a face mask and at one point you just saw Jimmy Havoc hanging around stage wearing his mask so it kind of yeah. you know, they, were, they were being socially acceptable they were being socially acceptable but yes let's move on to the bad so 
they were live this week and it seemed for the first five or ten minutes they completely forgot how to do live television (laughs) the graphics just seemed to hang around for ages they cut to commentary and commentary were just talking amongst themselves you couldn't hear any commentary and it was just it it took them a good 15-20 minutes to get going it it just felt a little bit bad as if they'd kind of forgotten a little bit maybe being a bit harsh considering they probably are also working with less staff than they normally would do at these live events but it was it was quite noticeable and the other berry as this is going to sound probably a little weak again but hmm casino ladder match where have we had a ladder match recently i mean i mean it could, i can't think of one like i can't think of another really famous ladder match that we've had nah. in the last couple of weeks like it just seems the only one that ends in a title shot even in yes. slightly different circumstances. <laughs> well, I mean, WWE can argue that one of their ladder matches did end in an actual title change. But still, like, it just seems like a silly time to have a ladder match and be promoting it when yeah. there's a thousand other gimmick matches you can have. You can do your battle royals or whatever that you were doing that you did the year before. Because was it the buy-in casino battle royale they had last yeah. year? It so, made no fucking sense. Yeah, it was just, it was all about that Paige came in at the end and won. It was just a bit of a strange way to start the entire show. So it just seems a bit silly to me. Just a bit yeah. silly. Yeah, so is that your buddy saying? That's not buddies. Man, I'm shocked that Jake the Snake made it through the rain. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought, I thought, well, that was the thing. Jake was obviously yeah. number one on this original bury one. <laughs> but wait a second, I can actually get an entire segment dedicated to how weird that was. Yeah, so that is the real bury from this episode, but we've yeah. already talked about we'll it. We've talked about that, yes. So, um, is it just me, or have AEW secretly built a women's division in the past, like, month? Mm. Like, it's come it's always of- been there, because Kenny Omega's, like, in charge of all that. So it's I- always been there, I think. It's been there, but I think they, they went way too heavy Joshi to begin with. I mean, I know that was Kenny's, he's, he's got real passion for that style, and he's really, obviously, he was really involved in it. But I don't think it translated particularly well to the American audience from mm. the start and throughout the whole thing. I don't think any of them really got over apart from Sheeta. And yeah. so they've, they've just suddenly out of nowhere suddenly got a, like a quite a strong, well, like a strong noticeable women's division. So you've obviously got Baker who's come out of her shell and this new heel Kiss Baker is actually really good. Penelope Ford's obviously come up with Sabian. Women can do the splits. Obviously put that over a thousand times a day. Um, <laughs> then we've got uh, Chris Santander. Um, big Swole. Big Swole. Um, Did you just call her Santander? I always call her Santander. <laughs> I, <was> just <laughs> hey, I, I just caught that there and I was just like, is that her name? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and obviously Nyla Rose as well. And even throwing Rio back into that, you know, that's, they're getting a lot better. It's a lot more noticeable. And I think the quality of the matches have improved quite substantially. But again, I think it's maybe just a shift in the style. And I think it's translating a lot better for the audience anyway. Yeah. Um, my other big one because the other big pull over here is going to be match of the night but I'll get to that in a second again as I feel as though I'm just throwing my stuff all over the place this week um, but I was missing Jericho in commentary but they're paying off the Jericho Pineapple Pete storyline and next week we're getting Shug D versus Chris Jericho <laughs> it's just long term short booking I love it like, you know what I mean? it's just paying off stuff that he was being an idiot for and I think that's what I really like about AAW is they'll go and just pay off these little things that happen and they'll organically build these storylines yeah but let's talk about match of the night let's talk about that street fight I have to say that is that was a phenomenally good ridiculous over the top match that could potentially have even upped my AAW match of the year from that tag match wow so I mean you had 
some of the crazy spots. You had Kenny Omega jumping off that cherry picker. You had Matt Hardy coming out of an ice machine. You had Chris Jericho putting a cone on his head and laughing at the camera like a witch. The, the one that really made it was Sammy Guevara's bump. Like, Sammy jumped into that golf cart. He committed to that golf cart, and he knew he was going down, and he landed like a sack of spuds. And they sorted it all off with that little moment where they ended up on the field with the inner circle, the fireworks and stuff. And yeah, the whole thing came together really nicely. But it does leave me with one burning question. Why is there suddenly three Matt Hardys? Right? So he comes out as broken Matt Hardy. Then he goes normal Matt Hardy. And then he goes Damascus Matt Hardy. I was under the assumption that Damascus Matt Hardy and broken Matt Hardy were the same. Why has he now got a third Matt Hardy? Sell more tank. Sell more merch. Yeah, so I just so if someone knows who the first Matt Hardy was, that that I'd like to know that. <laughs> when's version two coming back? That's what I want to know. When's <laughs> when's when is the update coming out? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, it, I, I I I love the Matt character, but it sometimes gets a bit too confusing, doesn't it? Yeah, like I get that he's changed his essence and all this stuff, but I just don't understand why there was kind of like this third one that came out at the start. I kind of liked that they did the whole clothes change thing. Well, it kept interesting. It was a bit yeah. interesting, but yeah, it was a bit of a weird one. Oh, and my final point is that Sammy Guevara, for being the only Spanish one in the inner circle, seriously needs a sunbed as he is so pale, it's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for AEW putting putovers there. Alex, I shall... disjointed this week. I do apologise for that, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'll move over to NXT. We'll start with the buddies. The first thing, and this was pointed out in our Mark's WhatsApp group. Listen, the, a putover is probably going to be Killer Crosses. I, I'm not going to call him Carrying Cross because that just sounds shit. Uh, but Killer Crosses entrance. Whoa, that's good, isn't it? That, absolutely brilliant. It's good. Absolutely brilliant. It looks absolutely brilliant. Apart it was the of, most like, viewed, uh, the the most viewed clip that WWE put out from NXT. Yeah, so on YouTube, it looks great. Apart from, and I'm going to have to bury this. It's what the hell is that miming of the the song with Scarlett? What the hell is that all about? No, I can't, it just looks terrible. It looks like Top of the Pops. It's all someone needs to get her <laughs> lip sync challenge or like RuPaul's Drag Race or something, so you can practice those lip syncs before they put her on national TV and doing it. Wait, yeah. also I, I think you can just get rid of the that. The thing is, she's actually lip-syncing to her own voice. Because it is her that sings it. But it? Aye, aye. She, she's like a very credible singer. Aye, so, um, so back when she was in Impact uh, and done like the full smoke show thing, I ended up writing an article on seven things you didn't know about uh, Scarlet Bordeaux. Turns out she does everything. Like She's obviously been a wrestler, commentator, announcer, ring announcer, all that stuff. Um, but apparently she's also a very, uh, very qualified singer. And it's really? all sang it. So, nice one. learn something every day. It's a skill day every day. Um, well, it's a great buddy. I don't think the championship match between Cole and um, Dream got enough time. It was like less than 10 minutes. And the, you know, I guess on the championship match thing uh, as well is that, you know, the, the, women's cha- the, the, the women's championship ended in a DQ. There was interference in the men's championship as well. Um, so it was, it was just like. Do you not like the throwback to Angry Charlotte, though? Because she did the same thing against Becky just at the beginning. Yeah, of the yeah. It, and so yeah. I like the little callback that she couldn't be EO, so she pulled out the candle. I know, I just, I, I mean, I'm excited the fact that it's probably going to set up a three-way between uh, EO, um, Charlotte, and Rhea. That, that's, that's exciting. That's an exciting match right there. I just 
can't believe they've now officially they officially moved Bel Air to Raw. Yes. This, this, that's the thing I don't get. Like, I mean, yeah. obviously, when she comes back up, she can feud, but yeah, it just yeah. seems that you're missing Charlotte versus uh, Bel Air for the title. But that to me seems madness. But I, I don't think the champions match has got enough time. And a little aside, buddy, here because I'm not too sure if it was him. But Alex, did you see NXT? Yeah. Can you confirm when there was the scuffle between Eo and Rhea backstage? Was that William Regal that broke it up? I couldn't see. Like it seemed to like push it. Like I couldn't really figure it out. Because if it was William Regal, his hair has got to get buried. Because it was like I think it was. It was like straight. <laughs> it was really long down down to like his shoulders, and it was like strained. And I couldn't work oh, it. That wouldn't it have been like Regal. It looked like Regal, and I was just like, "Is that Regal? What's he done to his hair?" So, um, if it was, I'm well, look that up immediately, John. I right, need to. I need what, what I do to put overs, please look that up for me. Um, right, going to put over. Uh, I was going to put over Argano's entrance, the change up of the entrance, but I still I can't after last week's. He's still no heel. He's still absolutely no heel. So I'm going to take that off. Uh, so we'll put over carrying crosses, killer crosses entrance. We'll put over that big style as it did for. I also want to put over, you know, an old wrestling trick that doesn't get done often enough now: the untying of the top turnbuckle, which Johnny Gargano <laughs> did, does not get done often enough now. Old school '80s wrestling heel trick, uh, and Johnny Gargano is bringing it back, and he won his match with David Djokovic as a result of that. And also putting over that Adam Cole has managed to leave his house and got in a wrestling ring as well. So he wasn't cutting promos in his garage this week. So that was mm-hmm. good news for everyone. Uh, match tonight, good. It was a good card. It was, you know, you had Charlotte Eo, you had, you know, the championship match. But I'm going to go Gargano Dijakovic. I thought it was a really... Took a wee while to warm up, but I thought once it got going, it was really decent. So, yeah. That you don't was... like Johnny's character, but you like his in-ring heel work. That's interesting. I know, uh, I know. entrance. I know. Yeah. Okay, so that, that's, that's, that's two positives out of... Out of Andy's yeah. wearing a Johnny Gargano t-shirt. Yeah, I think, I think you, you, you don't like it. I think you're... Still... I almost wore that t-shirt today as well. Glad I didn't. <laughs> I love the man. I love the man. I just don't... Right, okay, maybe he is... I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused. I'm confused. Um, let's, let's, have you confirmed that Regal or not, by the way? I can't find the video of it. I was okay. trying to find... Some, like, someone uh, tweet us, let us know if that was Regal or not. I'm pretty sure it was, and if it is, I'm completely burying his head. Uh, right, let's go to SmackDown then, uh, and our guest, Mark, Sean, what you got for us, pal? Oh. Uh, first match, um, Mandy Rose, Sonia Deville. My only notes were Mandy Rose as the Asda Smart Price version of Trish Stratus. <laughs> and uh, Sonia Deville calling spots so loud she might as well have Jimmy Hart's megaphone. Like, there's so many points during that match where she's like, ah, yeah, you have a It's just, what are you doing? You're in a really quiet, Empty arena, just whisper, calm it down a wee bit. Um, to edit some of this stuff out as well because they're not yeah. live anymore, are they? They're doing it all pre recorded. Yeah, it's like some of the great old Hamey, some of the TNA stuff that they leave in when it's pre tapes. You're just like, what the fuck? No, stop that, cut it, cut away, use a different angle. Um, next match, I had um. It's the eight-man tag. 
My only takeaway from that, the New Day wearing their gear with the the white armbands with XW for, you know, Xavier Woods. He's no dead. He's just sitting at home. He's all right. He's not dead. <laughs> so that's maybe sending the wrong message at these unprecedented times as well. Really. Yeah, it just looked really quite... What? To get fucking checked Twitter? Is he all right? Um, he's still kicking. He's still doing up, up, down, down. Um, then a little promo segment. Uh, Jeff Hardy coming back. He looks good. He looks healthy. He looks like he's got his shit together. Um, then out comes Seamus. Um, cutting the heel promo on Jeff. Absolutely brilliant. Telling the truth. Like how many second chances have you had? And you still keep coming back. Then you get suspended. Then you get lifted. Why do they keep bringing you back? You know, it's telling the truth, but in a really heelish, nasty way. They also miss the reason why, which is to keep him away from everyone else. Pretty much. The next up was Braun coming out, doing a promo, and out came, um, what'd you call him? The Fiend. But it's not The Fiend, it's Bray Wyatt just now, because he doesn't have his mask on. Um, Braun's promo was absolute shite when he was standing, just glaring straight into hard camera the whole time. And the editor cut to your camera over that way, but he's still just like, and I'm going to do this. He's like, no, know what camera you're talking into? It just looked bad. I'm surprised they've never given Braun like a manager or something to try and hide that. He's never been a great yeah. talker. I mean, you could argue that Bray technically was his manager at the beginning, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just like, stood there and was like, this, but it was just the him looking dead straight into hard camera, no matter what one they cut to. It was just like, ah, stop that. Uh, I hated it up until the bit at the end when he was like, bye bye, see you Sunday. I like that. <laughs> that was good. Then just back to, that was good. I, th- I think putting him in the ring with Bray is a bit unfair since he is like the king of the spooky weird promo and Braun is the king of not really being able to do a promo. It seems a bit too much for contrast. Not being able to to speak. <laughs> Other than, they're designs. That is we need to make a gif of that just for total out of context. Um, then they had the women's tag match. Um... Bailey and Banks against the fantastic tag team of Tamina and what's her name? Lacey Evans. That's the one. Um, good match purely because of Bailey and Banks actually, you know, doing that second part of WWE wrestling. <laughs> um, the ref being absolutely useless. Uh, and Corey Graves actually pointing it out like when they bailed out to the outside. Uh, Graves was like, what's the ref doing? You know, this has been at least a 15 count. At one point, you heard uh, Michael Cole screaming, what does Bailey left in her arsenal? She's got nothing left. And then Bailey turns around and says, I've got plenty left, Michael Cole. Yes, that was fantastic. You know, he's only sitting like a foot and a half away. Yeah, Why wouldn't yeah. she, you know, Kayfabe, not hear her. Uh, not hear him. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, just like acknowledging the fact. Yeah, yeah he, he's sitting right there. That, that was good. I enjoyed that. 
then Corey Graves did a video tour of uh, Titan Tower, which literally gave away everything that happens at Money in the Bank. <laughs> it showed the uh, the areas they fight in, the uh, locations. They might even go into Vince McMahon's office. Highlight the main event, which was a eight-man tag. Uh, basically, Otis. Otis is just... He moves like... You know, he shouldn't move like that at all. The only thing you ever hear from him is when he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he just... He's far too fast, he's far too strong, he's far too agile. Absolute highlight of just a, a bog standard, you know, cluster of an eight-man tag. Basically, all I'd say, SmackDown, absolute waste of time, and that's why <laughs> I just watch hype packages on pay-per-views. The summation, it was like Jeff Hardy and Otis put over uh, Corey, Spoiler Graves, uh, Burry, and uh, Bronze Promos Burry. Uh, yeah. Match of the night for you, Sean, what was it? Uh, match tonight would be the women's match because Bailey and Banks just knocking it out of the park like they always do. Everything just looked you know, good, crisp, solid. But unfortunately, you know, Tamina and Lacey Evans were in the match too. <laughs> Let's move on to Raw and... Before Gash. you move on, John, before you... I've, I've figured out your question. I've looked to the back. You've got an update on Regal. It's not William Regal, it's Robbie Brookside. Robbie Brookside. Aye. When I was thinking I'm going, he's definitely has long hair. Yeah, there. right, fine, fine. That, that's good. That's cleared up that. Thank you very yeah, much. But I don't know, I don't know if you're insulting Robbie Brookside any safer than insulting William Regal. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fair point. Um, let's move on quickly to Raw uh, last night with Gary. Um, aye, so I'll start as always as I, I do with the, the biddies. Um, I was actually going to not bury anything else because I hated this segment so much I wanted to bury it twice, but I'm not going to. Um, I'm just going to bury it the once and say that it was terrible. Basketball match, Street Profits, Viking Raiders. Just when, you, you know, two, whatever, two or three weeks ago when they done the carpool karaoke thing, I was like, oh, I really didn't like that. I see what they're trying to do. I can see they're trying to do the entertainment thing. You know, Viking Raiders are a wee bit stoic. I think it works for them, but it's like they're a wee bit stoic. Maybe try and make them more entertaining. And they've done that stupid carpool karaoke thing. And then they gave up on it a week later. They made them look serious again. And I was like, right, they tried. I'm not going to complain that they tried. They've, they've put them back to normal. And then now they've completely went and made them look like idiots again. And I know they kind of done it well. You know, they were fooling street profits in a way that they were actually good at it. Not, it was terrible. Um, I hated it. And it, I just think it just didn't work. Have they not uh, learned so, survival? Have they not learned their lesson, WWE? When it comes to deal with the tag team ship, have they not learned from the revival? Just and I think like Viking. I'm gonna have the fucking chat machine, Mister Mister T Clock. <laughs> Sorry, Flavor Flav, not Mister T. They, they I was about to say, of all the things Mister T used to wear, I don't remember him having a clock. <laughs> oh, is that clock? But they they done it, um, you know, so well at the start with the Viking Raiders, where obviously they messed up their name a few times, but they had them looking like an unbeatable team. And I just think they've, they're not doing anything good with them now. Um, so I was going to bury that twice, but I decided not to. Another thing that almost came close to being buried, but I, I can't bring myself to bury Drew McIntyre, it was the fact that they had Drew versus Andrade again for absolutely no reason whatsoever. I love both guys. 
I think they always put on good matches. It was a good match, but we didn't need to see it. It was completely pointless. Um, they did kind of explain it afterwards, and that Drew didn't actually come out to challenge Andrade. Andrade was just in the ring when he was meant to come out and do his Baron Corbin challenge. Didn't like it, but it's not bad enough to get buried. So my actual bury is the very last line that was said on Raw, and it was, this could be the greatest wrestling match ever. Don't say that about anything, even if it is like something that could be the greatest wrestling match ever. Just don't say it. It's just you're building yourself up for disappointment. Um, I put in Charlie Caruso in a position where she had to say that line. I was like, man, poor Charlie Caruso. That's just not a good line. Um, no matter how good the match is, it's not going to be the greatest wrestling match ever, and they just shouldn't build it as such. Because otherwise, it wouldn't be on Backlash. It would have been the actual match for WrestleMania. Um, so I, that's that's just a very can can Sunday Night like Heat, the greatest stuff. wrestling match ever. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just like, no, you've just like the full segment was incredible, and then that just left a, a wee kind of you know I, I didn't enjoy it because of that line, um, but. Go to the, the put-overs. Um, this is going to come to no surprise to absolutely anyone that I'm putting over Becky Lynch in that full segment. And um, more, I think more specifically, what Alex mentioned earlier, the way WWE handled it, um, for a start, it was handled in the best way for like an emotional standpoint, but also for a storytelling standpoint. Um, you know, they had Becky Lynch come out with the briefcase. The only thing that I would have thought maybe have Asuka have the briefcase but you needed Becky Lynch to be carrying it for Asuka to come out and interrupt her. Um, they, they handled it brilliantly. You know, everything that I think we've already covered 300 times already on the show. Um, essentially, just Becky Lynch building up to the emotional part of the statement she was making perfectly. Asuka, if she was selling it, selling it perfectly. If not, just reacting perfectly. And I just thought it all made perfect sense. Um, the only bittersweet thing about it is we'll not see Becky Lynch for a while, but, you know, it was a beautiful moment anyway. And, it just had to be put over um, because it was so good that I almost didn't really care about much that happened after it, which was a wee bit annoying. But if it's that good, then, you know, it needs to be put over. Uh, and, and then a wee kind of side note for that is Asuka now being not only a Grand Slam champion, but the only WWE superstar to win, you know, the, like the Grand Slam championship, essentially, are winning, you know, the title on both brands, Tag Team Championship and the NXT Championship and also having won money in the bank in the, the Royal Rumble. Only person to have ever done that. Um, but I didn't want to put over too much for the same segment. So simply, the second put over is Shayna Baszler. Um, cutting a heel promo on Becky Lynch, ruining, ruining her career for having a baby. I think that is brilliant. Uh, I, I want more of that stuff. You know, as much as I love how great the Becky Lynch moment was, how uplifting it was, how good it made everybody feel. I love when a heel is a heel, and she done that absolutely perfectly. And also had a good match with Natalia and came out looking strong. It almost made me forget about her losing to Becky Lynch. Um, match of the night is the basketball match. Um, no, it's definitely not the basketball match. Uh, match of the night. I'm glad again, I didn't I have a drink say, in my uh, mouth right there. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> so, match of the night. I was going to say uh, Shayna Baszler and Natalia, but because I've just put over Shayna Baszler, I'm not going to do that. Uh, match of the night for me, it might not be everybody's classic, but I really enjoyed, uh, because of the segment before it, leading up to the match, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross against the returning Iconics. Um, because it's nice to see them back. Hopefully this is the start of them actually doing something with the Women's Tag Team Championships. And it was a good match. It was okay. And it's leading to a championship match next week. So, aye. Overall, a good show, overshadowed by the Becky Lynch statement at the start, kind of. 
if anyone has got any suggestions of what the Viking Raiders should be doing next, they've done carpool karaoke and they've now played basketball. You know, lip syncing. They should be lip syncing carrying crosses entrance next week. Twister like World it. Championship. <laughs> Viking Raiders play Twister. Deadly Winks. Why? Listen, thanks very much uh, for Sean for coming on doing Smackdown for us. Really appreciate that, mate. Uh, well, Thanks for that. Uh, remember, you can get your buddies and putovers for anything in wrestling that you want, for it's money in the bank, anything you've heard on the shows or seen the shows. You can do that with Rab and Grado. Uh, hit us up on our Twitter, at Wrestling Daft, on Insta, at Wrestling Daft Podcast, and just Wrestling Daft on Facebook, and they'll give you a shout-out on Friday, hopefully. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. It's the Wrestling News with Gary Cassidy. I like the way every week you do a drum beat with your hands and that very few people can see the drum beat with <laughs> well, your hands. You know, I'm going to... you afford that? Yeah, I'm going to let you behind, I'm gonna let you behind the curtain because at the moment we can't hear the music. So I need to do the drum beat so I'm in time with the music. <laughs> and in post-production, that's just a little look behind the wrestling daft curtain here. You know, I thought it was simply a Patreon exclusive. You have to be a <laughs> member of the Patreon to see uh, John Airbrumman. Yeah. And you can do that if you do want to see the video version of this podcast. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Um, right, okay, it's news time. And what have we got? Big news, obviously. The biggest news in wrestling is Becky is up the duff. Aye, this is the kind of news that if you're uh, hearing me break this for the first time, then you've probably uh, not been on the internet for the past uh, 24 hours, I'd say. Um, by Becky Lynch, uh, yesterday they, they put out an announcement, or, or they kind of said one last week, that she was going to confront Asuka. Um, and then yesterday, we got a, a wee bit of a, a double uh, announcement for WWE saying that she was going to confront Asuka, but also she had a massive announcement about her career. Um, there was a lot of things flying about... Um, you know, it's been rumoured that she was going to be Black Widow in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, some people thought she might be going out um, for some surgery uh, because I think it's a wrist injury, a shoulder injury she was meant to have been struggling with recently. But uh, if people had noticed her Twitter account, um, which this was something I only realised after uh, it happened, and the, the posts have now been deleted. There was a post there sitting on a bench that people somehow got something from. The one that I got something from was she put up just a silver spoon which apparently in Ireland is a traditional thing that if you're pregnant, someone gives you a silver spoon. A lot of people thought she was saying, you know, that other people were entitled or something that was a character thing. But those posts got deleted and then this came out. Uh, Ryan sat in a pro wrestling sheet put up that there was going to be a big announcement and then PW Insider put up um, what had happened but didn't they say why it had happened. But, of course, everybody that watched Raw will have seen it. Um, They'd they done it really nicely, I thought, uh, where the way they had or relinquished the championship. But uh, what happened was um, Becky came to the ring um, with the money in the bank briefcase, which people were wondering why that happened. 
Asuka uh, came down and asked why she had the case. Becky opened it up um, where at the Raw Women's Championship. She'd said a few things um, that, that had kind of subtly teased that she wasn't going to be there anytime urgently is the best way to put it. Held off to the very end for the big announcement. Um, said to Asuka, you know, you're the Raw Women's Champion. Go, go be a warrior. I'm going to go be a mother. It was a really nice moment. I'm not sure how much Asuka knew about the announcement. I guess she knew a wee bit about it, but her reaction was brilliant. Um, obviously, this had all been kind of the marketing machine had been in place for this going out because the announcement happened in the afternoon. The second that the announcement happened, there was an interview with People Magazine posted. Uh, and essentially, Becky Lynch said what you'd maybe expect somebody that's, um, that's pregnant to, to say and that they don't know when they'll be back. Because yeah. I think that would be the, the thing you'd expect. Um, we know that at least she'll be out for a year. Uh, <laughs> this doesn't take a genius to know the amount of time it takes to have a kid and then, you know, the time that you'd have off after that. Um, but she said she doesn't know when she'll be back or even if she'll be back, um, essentially. Well, she said she, she needs some time to think. She can only do that when she's on her own and she doesn't know what her priorities will be once she has the kid. Uh, that's obviously the, the biggest news. A lot of Rob is based around that. They showed the announcement after every ad break. The internet went into a frenzy. Um, it was trending on Twitter and all sorts. So the only place you can really start, I guess, is that. Yeah, congratulations to Becky Lynch and Seth Rollins. I don't think, you know, being a father of two children and seeing what children are like in the first six months to a year of bringing them up, uh, I don't expect this year in our WWE ring anytime soon. I would say... Oh, but John, you forget the Colby Knox family has substantially more nannies than you do. Oh, well, that, that, <laughs> that, that is... Oh, Lopez Knox, not Colby Knox. Sorry, Colby's his first name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't... Well, the thing we do have to highlight how well WWE handled it. Like, you don't expect them oh, to get yeah. this kind of stuff right, and we all often give them stick for missing emotional moments and that kind of stuff, but I think they were absolutely on the money there. It was... It was good. I, I, I don't think she'll be back until 2022. I, I, I think I would. would you, John's you, putting money on the Rumble 2022. <laughs> Becky Lynch, number 30. Royal Rumble 2022. You've heard it here first, right? <laughs> okay, now there's strange goings on as well um, from Raw and SmackDown. This news kind of leaked out that there's going to be a brand-to-brand invitation. Yeah, so so this again kind of came out a little bit um, a couple of hours before Raw happened. It was John Pollock of Post Wrestling that put this up. Um, and he said that uh, essentially, he didn't say it in so many words that the, the, the wild card rule would be back. But he said, expect there to be not as defined lines as there have been, uh, essentially. Which I think has probably been coming. You know, if you've seen that Raw and SmackDown using a lot of NXT talent, a lot of enhancement talent. It probably does make sense as much as I don't really like the brand split to, to be like blurry in any way. Um, but I it got, it got confirmed on Raw in an odd way. <laughs> um, that's the one thing that I thought was a bit strange was the way they confirmed it was Drew McIntyre cutting a promo in the ring and they just randomly called out Baron Corbin, said they was extending a brand-to-brand invitation to Baron Corbin to be on Raw next week. Uh, and they'll have a match. Uh, it's not a championship match. It's just a match. So we'll see how that goes. And apparently uh, we'll also have Charlotte Flair on SmackDown, which is odd because that's the one brand she's not been on recently. Uh, she's been on Raw and NXT. No idea how far it will go. We obviously had also Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross on uh, Raw last night and then the Iconics turned up on Raw. Um, so I, it, it seems like they're probably going to have to just 
make use of who they've got available, I think is the best way to put yeah. it. If they're doing these kind of sometimes taping the show, sometimes live, I guess we'll just need to get who we get. Just yeah. a bonus question for you both. See, after obviously after Black Wednesday and they've cut a lot of talent, do you think they either A, can still do an effective brand split or B, even need to anymore? I don't think there's that much talent. You know, the talent that got lost in that, I mean, the most obviously the big hitters were... I, I prefer when they do personally just because I think... I, I think it's mainly now that they'd have to... They've got so many championships for a start. Yeah. They definitely would need to have them all unified in some way. But yeah. I also still think there's too many to have just, you know, one, one roster. Yeah, rather than they should, they, what they should try and do is maybe try and unify some of the titles and have the titles specific to a show. Aye. So if you're a champion, you stay on a show. And then everyone else can then kind of flip-flop between. And I think they've kind of missed an opportunity to do that because obviously AEW have taken the TNT championship because they could have had like USA title and then the Fox title and that kind of thing. But I think, yeah. I'd I still- think I'd have... I'd have oddly preferred the opposite of that. I wish they'd had um, just the champions could roam, uh, just have certain champions, just have them able to roam. And then, you know, the, the theory could be that you get paid more if you're on every show. Um, but if, <laughs> if we take yeah. into account what they've done with the women's tag team championships, it might not be the best bet. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously been triggered through, you know, I think Raw on Monday there drew its lowest ever rating you know 1.6 odd million um so i mean that's obviously and it's a really strange one as well with the tv news you know fox and the usa were very different networks that you know i i, I was reading that they, they were quite happy with this crossover between the two of them so they can obviously try and boost the rate so yeah strange one but hopefully it's nothing like the bloody brands you know the wild card rule which was just a total mess <laughs> But yeah, I think they're it, sensible and kind of announce yeah. that say someone's coming over for a match and they they have a little bit more control over it this time. I think it's maybe a way to do it rather than just be like, oh, there's a, I don't know, there's like Becky Lynch on SmackDown, which is obviously yeah, not going to happen. The, but I think <laughs> what the worst one to say. The match graphic as well has had them advertised as SmackDown's Baron Corbin, which I quite like. If they do that, you yeah. know, we'll just have one person come over for a match. I quite like that if they're representing the brand. It will also make Survivor Series mean more if they stick with the brand supremacy thing. So Yeah, of course, of course. Um, back to money in the bank, just briefly. Um, everyone, the biggest, one of the big talking points from money in the bank was, why the hell does Vince McMahon have a T-Rex skull in his office? And we believe we've got some of the answers and why we didn't have a bust up in Vince's office. Aye, so I was, I was very clueless uh, with regards to that. I genuinely thought they were just having the bust up in his office uh, for the sake of getting him in there for a cameo. Everybody had said that beforehand that, you know, if they're having it in headquarters, you kind of need them going into Vince's office. I guess people wouldn't know it was Vince's office unless he was there or if there was something else signifying it. He was there, oddly wearing jeans, um, which I thought was bizarre. But, that's not even the big news that caught everybody off guard. Um, it was the, the scene where, obviously, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan, we didn't even see it at first. We, we also seen Vince hand sanitising, which was nice to see, um, you know, keep him safe in, in these times. Um, but they panned on the way out uh, when the, uh, Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles were fixing the chairs, and there was a massive, I think, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Um, I'm not massive on, on my dinosaurs, but I think it was a Tyrannosaurus Rex. One thing, I thought it might be... Um, was, you know, I, I think I mentioned at the start that I thought it might have been people calling him a dinosaur. Um, another thing is people might have thought it was a shot at uh, 
a shot at AEW with him having Luchasaurus on as well. Um, but I don't think that's the case. Uh, <laughs> essentially, um, the, the reason that the, the segment lasted so so short, I would say, and that um, there wasn't much of a brawl, it was played out nicely that it was Vince being intimidating, but apparently he didn't really want them to trash the office because of this, this um, Tyrannosaurus Rex skull in the background. And I think, as John kind of said earlier, it was a, a gift from Triple H, his son-in-law, um, who, who he told us a few weeks ago he loves on a national tele- or global television. Uh, so I, a, a, bit of a bit of an odd one. Uh, <laughs> not the kind of thing you'd expect to see on Vince Wall, but I don't know about what you would expect to see on Vince's wall. Uh, That's something that maybe people can tweet in and tell us what they would expect to see on Vince's wall. What should Vince have on his wall? Please, <laughs> please tweet us and get an answer in for next week's show. More you, we'll read out your answers next week. Um, and a rumoured big signing for AEW as well, Gary. Yeah, this is an odd one that has kind of came out, uh, I don't want to say fresh air, because obviously there has to be base for some of these rumours, um, but uh, Sting apparently is rumoured to be going to AEW, which is a really odd one. Um, when did Sting's contract in WWE go up? Was that was that a couple of months ago? Great question. Um, no one knows. Me, so, so the weird thing is that this has kind of came about. A few things have happened all, over the past week. Oddly, he tweeted about Money in the Bank, um, which was the, the main tweet i seen. So I thought, okay, you know, they've got him tweeting out stuff about WWE. Um, but someone uh, who stocks the newest wrestling figures, I believe it's a big retailer in America, had tweeted out that unfortunately they'll, they'll not be stocking the new Sting figure because it's not being made. And then Cody Rhodes replied to it with the gif of him putting his hand to his ear and, you know, the, the iconic, uh, iconic gif every body puts out. Yep, the one that Alex is uh, demonstrating right there. They put that out and then I seen that. I clicked on it and clicked on uh, Sting's Twitter feed and I think it, the tweets are probably still there. There's nothing that's too giveaway. Um, but if you go on it, he's talking a lot about AEW. It kind of replies to a Lance Archer tweet about uh, essentially Sting being the one guy you'd have loved to get in the ring with. There's a few just wee kind of bits and bobs here and there. Um, people are, are seeming to think that you know, Sting was never a money guy. It was always a loyalty guy, which is why he stayed in WCW so long. Um, but people seem to think that it might be a thing that maybe got released, quite re- quietly released. Maybe um, his contract just came to an end because obviously it's just a Legends contract he's on for image rights and merch and so on. And, you know, a lot of his, uh, a lot of his income will be uh, conventions and stuff like that, appearances. And being signed to WWE, sometimes you can't do as many of them as you'd like. So... Who knows? Um, no one's really been able to reach out. He's not a guy that does a lot of interviews or anything like that or releases a lot of personal info. So it'll be an interesting one to see if he turns up in AEW or not. I mean, it would be sad for me because obviously the speculation of what people have said since the WrestleMania and the Boneyard match that this, you know, doing a match this way could we could finally see Taker versus Sting. And that is something, you know, we won't obviously see it at the prime, but it's something people want to see, and it finally puts that whole thing to bed. I thought at WrestleMania next year, Taker versus Sting, in that way they did the Boneyard match, would have been tremendous to, to watch as a spectacle. So hopefully it doesn't sign for AEW so we can still get that in our lives. I had a real dream of that happening and them bringing back for one night only Halloween Havoc and obviously it being a WCW pay-per-view initially having Sting come back and do that, but yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, I always get what you want. <laughs> a good shout. It's a good shout, that one. Um, Gary, thanks as ever for all the news. 
Um, still to come, you'll be able to hear more scoops from Gary as he talks to Christian, and we'll have that coming up very, very soon. So this week, I decided to have a wee bit of a noodle with the boat, and instead of an engine this week, we're being powered by a time machine. So we're going back to anyone's choice in time to go and fix some terrible pieces of booking. This week, we're focusing on the wasted money in the bank cash-ins, and so we have John versus Gary. So since Gary is yet to win, I think we're going to have to put him under a little bit of pressure and send him up first. Well, I think that run might continue because I've realised that fantasy booking is not my forte, and thus this fantasy booking island is mainly me moaning about what did happen rather than rebooking it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But we'll see how it goes. Uh, I will, I'm going to accept who is the better moan about why it, was, <laughs> why it wasn't good. I'm going to set my timer after my folly a couple of weeks ago. And is it two minutes or three minutes? I think I'll only need two. But. I think you got it. But the sounds of it, you've both kept it quite short and sweet this week. So I yeah. think you should, need, uh, you should only need two. But I mean, I'm not going to push you this week. It's okay. <laughs> cool. Um, yep. Yeah, so essentially, I am cutting a promo and the fantasy booking. Braun Strowman essentially relinquishing the case. Um, Damn it! Damn it! (laughs) Well, essentially, you know, the the, the Damien Sandow thing, I think, is a big missed opportunity. And, you know, I I was going to cheat and go back to Cody Rhodes. Um, Not winning it, I think that would have been cheating, definitely. So Braun Strowman for me, um, obviously won the match. I had no problems with that. Um, The match was mainly him against Kevin Owens. Either one of them winning the title would have been great. They almost reversed the decision and that they had Strowman defend his case against Kevin Owens. And the, the little prerequisite there was that he could have like not won the match. He didn't need to lose the match to lose the case. Essentially, a disqualification would have done it. Anything would have done it. He kept it. We had a great rivalry between them. It was, you know, monster in the bank, all that stuff. He'd successfully defended the case, announced his cash-in, which for me is the start of a disaster. Don't announce your cash-ins. Um, they said they was going to cash in John Reigns versus Lesnar, and then Lesnar knocked him out, which again, you're like, right, so he's definitely going to need to win the case now. Yeah, 100% has to win the case because they've made him look like a right fool twice. Um, so he does that, uh, essentially gets knocked out, Reigns wins the title, announces his cash in for Hell in a Cell, again, announces it and gets a predetermined match, which ruins everything that's good about money in the bank. Where Reigns and Foley uh, as the ref, it ends in a no contest, which is just disastrous as well. Everything about that I'd have done differently, absolutely everything. But I think overall, I would actually have had Kevin Owens win it when they defended the case, and then have Kevin Owens cash in on what would have been a triple threat between the three of them. Um, that you know, kind of Rod Strowman angles his way in, do that, and then have uh, Kevin Owens win the case, win the championship, and then have all four of them in a kind of four way tie championship. Because I think wrestling's always at its best when more than one person is challenging for the title. So I essentially I would have had Strowman win the case, lose it to Owens, and then Owens cashes in and wins. See, I like that. That's that's more of the way I think they should have went. I think at the time there was a lot of complaints that Strowman is the wrong type of character to win money in the bank. Uh, I mean, I think there was the same argument with Kane back in the day, but they got over that hurdle by having Kane cash in the same night, so you didn't have that whole weird kerfuffle going on. Yeah. But by the sounds of it, John's about to book the exact same thing. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to do. So I'm now just, I'm pivoted. I've pivoted on a whim because I was going to book Strowman because that was ridiculous. That cash-in and challenge for a match, that is just ridiculous. When you win money in the bank, you need to take the opportunity and, you know, 
wipe out something when they're down and out. They're down, you're thinking Ziggler against Del Rio. You're thinking all that sort of stuff. Book, and it's something we haven't had for so many edge, years. Because they keep wasting the briefcases every year. Like, it's, it's really frustrating. It's yeah, been yeah. like years since we've had a good mess of money in the bank. Or miss money in the bank. So I'm going to totally switch out. And I'm going to totally pivot here. I'm going to do Damien Sandow. Right, so I'm just doing this on the whim now. So start the timer and I'm just going to make it dead simple. So Damien Sandow wins the briefcase, obviously. Uh, splits up with Cody Rhodes, so we see the unfortunate end of um, the Sandow and Rhodes uh, tag team, which I loved. Um, then but then he went in this horrible run, didn't he, where he, he got beat off every single jobber on the on the on the roster, like R-Truth, Morella, Dolph, were all just like going over him, even though he was Mr. Money in the Bank, right? Which was bizarre. Anyway, I'm just going to book the opposite. The Sandow, after winning Money in the Bank, goes over everyone. He doesn't do the cash-in on Cena when he thought the arm was was uh, injured. He does this, he sends down, him and Rhodes stay together. He just sends Rhodes down. Rhodes beats up Cena. Miz, uh, Sandow cashes in. Rhodes and... Uh, Sandow stay together and Sandow wins, <laughs> wins the championship because that's as, as far as I can go on one minute of having to think about it. And I know Alex is <laughs> a fan of Damien Sandow, so you know. That was, that was maybe ever so slightly uninspired, I'm afraid, John. <laughs> I was totally uninspired, but Gary took the total you window. Didn't even, put in, you didn't even put in Cody turning on him or something stupid like that. I mean, you could no. have had the match go the same way and just have Cody turn on him so he still loses. I'd have accepted that. I would have. Uh, I was actually, I was very close to booking Sandow uh, and I decided not to purely because uh, I interviewed him a couple of years ago and he was like, I actually don't mind that I didn't want it. <laughs> so I was like, right. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, he, he got bit. Uh, right, I know Sandow was the biggest. Let's just talk about Sandow for a minute because. Well, I think quickly custom, we need to, we need to do one last thing quickly. We need to get the formalities over here, John, because the unthinkable's <laughs> happened and Gary's won a fantasy book. Yeah, <laughs> uh, a hollow victory, I, I believe, but I'll take it because I need it. Outrageous. <laughs> See if I just went first, I was going to go take one for Gary. Oh, Jesus. Right, well, there we go. We've had a little, it, was, it was nice to talk about Damien Sandow, but listen, I'm going to take the, the loss here. Well done, Gary. He's got a point on the board, which means you get to call the booking, and it's me against <laughs> Alex next week. And I'm going to make sure we don't book the same thing, Alex. Just you wait uh, till you guys are having to book uh, Drew McIntyre versus Bad News Barrett in uh, SummerSlam. <laughs> 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 Right, it's time for me to get my sales cap back on once again as I talk to you about our Patreon. Now, Patreon is a service which basically you subscribe to, sign up for, and we'll give you extra content here on Wrestling Daft. Um, we had a Patreon party, just for example, for Money in the Bank there at the weekend, which was great. We all got drunk and watched Money in the Bank together. So that's kind of offers that we have on our Patreon service. Um, you can join up. It's dead easy. Patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. That's patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. We have a couple of tiers set up, so you can spend as little or as much money as you want. Um, tier one, you basically are a cruiserweight champion. That's about three pounds a month. Uh, you'll get a Patreon-only chat. You'll get ad-free versions of all the episodes. You'll get early episode access to the flagship show. Uh, you'll get bonus content from the show. You'll get a full video version of this podcast. And you'll also get to vote on what you want to see feature in the list of wrestling. Daft. So there's loads of content there 
for you. Uh, in Tier 2 Intercontinental Champions, about £7.70 a month. Uh, everything that you get in Tier 1, you'll also get in Tier 2. Plus, you'll get a video version of Rab and Grado talking their nonsense, which is a slightly longer edit as well, so you get some stuff that we don't normally put in the podcast, either because it's too wrong or it's just a lot of shite. So you'll get all that bonus content in the video version of the podcast as well. We'll also invite you into our Patreon pay-per-view parties as well, which uh, testament everyone that gets involved always has a good laugh in that as we get drunk and talk shite about wrestling. Um, and you'll get a bonus episode once a month as well. Uh, this week, I'm hoping to have it out. Uh, we're going to be starting off Grado's career. We're breaking it up into four segments. and I'm going to be interviewing Grado about his career beginnings and how he got into wrestling and how... You know, the first chapter of his career was that initial run in SWA and we're going to get up to the point where he joined ICW in the first part. Then we're going to go into the ICW run, TNA, and also, um, you know, his return to ICW and Scottish wrestling and his role in acting and stuff like that. So that's going to be our kind of bonus episodes. We're also going to have a bonus episode next month. If you get two are up for it, we're going to do a report card on AEW it's a year anniversary since the first pay-per-view so we're going to do a report card on AEW and we'll be looking at Alex our resident AEW mark for that uh, so we we'll also want to get you guys involved in that so that'll be bonus episodes coming uh, Tier 3 uh, World Heavyweight Champion is about £15 a month all the stuff that I've just mentioned uh, plus when we start live events once after lockdown you get free tickets for that uh, you get a free wrestling daft shirt design of your choice if you sign up for a minimum of three months and plus you get a chance to get to come on this show as a mark and review uh, SmackDown or, you know, we might make it that they can get the choice to review the show. I'll take one for the team. You can come on and you can review what show you want to do and I'll review SmackDown if you sign up and come on this show. So there you go. Uh, so uh, listen, if you fancy any of that, just get, check it all out, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft as we would love to welcome you to the roster. <laughs> So the last couple of weeks, we've had some really big interviews in the show, thanks to Gary, who has contacts and his fingers in many wrestling pies. Um, we've had Diona Perrazzo, we have had Matt Riddle last week, and this week we have Christian. Yeah, um, as you as you mentioned earlier, I was a wee bit of a mark during this interview, not least at the very start of the interview, where I introduced him as a Jay Riso, also known as Christian. And then instead of calling him Jay, called him Christian. Um, <sighs> but okay, that's forgivable. I, you know, he's always got to be Christian to me. I've said that um, before where William Regal done it and introduced himself as Darren. I'm like, that's the one thing I'm not calling you. Um, so I, I kind of made a bit of a bit of analysis myself for that one. Um, <laughs> but the, the real bit that I made analysis myself is at the very end of the interview, um, which is the, the thing that took me into complete mark territory. Yes. Well, sit back, enjoy Gary making an arsehole of himself as he speaks to none other than Captain Charisma. Hi everyone, thank you again for joining me. It's Gary Cassidy here on today. I've got a very special guest. His name is Jay Riso, but you might also know him as Christian from WWE. How's it going today, Christian? Or Jay, whatever one you'd prefer. <laughs> Gary, what's going on? How are you? It's going to be tricky for me to call you Jay, so if I call you Christian, yeah, I do no apologise. Uh, <laughs> but there's only one place that we need to start off, uh, and there you actually are called Jay, um, and as your upcoming movie, Cage Fighter. You're both in front of the camera and behind it. 
I need to ask a very general question. How did it all come about? Yeah, so what happened was is um, I had done um, an independent movie a couple of years ago uh, in Regina, Saskatchewan in Canada where we shot this, this movie as well um, uh, called Super Grid. And the, one of the producers on that movie knew uh, Shane Putzlocker, who is a, a producer on on the cage fighter movie and knew that and you know they talked about the wrestling aspects of, of what was going on and he said hey you should send this script to, to jay and have him take a look at it so they sent it to me and i made a couple of suggestions and then they kind of asked me to come on as kind of uh as an executive producer from from there and um from that asked if i wanted to do uh you know a small but pivotal role in the, in the movie and of course um jumped to that chance as well so that's kind of how it all all came to be yeah, and of course, there's a few big names in it. I would say yourself, you're obviously a big name, but there's the likes of Chuck Liddell as well. And another man from the wrestling industry, John Moxley. And my favourite yeah. little thing that I heard is that you're the person that recommended John Moxley be in that role. Is that correct? And if so, why did you recommend him? Yeah, well, you know, it was it, it's one of those things where when I read it, it just it seemed like like, like to me kind of written for, for him, just the, when you see it, you'll know that, that I mean, now that, that it's done, I don't think that I could see anybody else, you know, in that role, the way that he did it. And, um, just knew at the time that he was, um, that we were, that it was being cast, that he was, he was going to be a free agent at that time. Um, so yeah, basically that's, that's, uh, just the timing worked out for that. Yeah, definitely. And obviously you're still kind of involved in the wrestling industry right now because you're on WWE backstage uh, as an analyst, which is annoying for me because I don't get to see much of it because it doesn't broadcast in the UK. But from what I've seen, it's been amazing. Uh, And, you know, I always catch a little snippet here or there on on Twitter, which is a wonderful thing right now. One of my favourite things that happened uh, was this week on it when you guys were all given... um, you know, your, your little bit of analysis. And then my, one of my favorite storylines in WWE right now, the SmackDown hacker turns up yeah. and just, you know, that's the kind of thing that wouldn't happen unless this current situation is happening where you're all on video chat. And um, yeah. is that something that, you know, you like seeing more of people taking advantage of social media and stuff? And, yeah. and is that something that you like on WWE backstage is getting to be a part of that? Yeah, of course. And I mean, it's what I like about that particular um story is that it's that is the intrigue you know the um i think we even saw it um even like weeks previous when the you know the twitter account was kind of taken over for and you know kind of had a people buzzing about it then then it turned into this what we see on television i i just like the mystery of it the app the uh the the unknown of it and i think that it's got a lot of people talking and guessing and trying to figure out who it is and these sorts of things so anytime you can do that and i think it's i think it's good Definitely, yeah. And that's obviously, you talk a lot about WWE on, on backstage. So I know that yep. you still at least watch some of that product. Of course, one, yeah. one person that's uh, caught my eye is someone who, I've seen little shades of Christian in them. It's uh, Chelsea Green. She uses a, a certain move, yeah. the yeah. unprettier, but called the I'm prettier. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's great. It's a good little spin on the, on the name. And, uh, you know, I, I think she's, she's great. I think she's really talented. And obviously she's a friend. So it's, uh, it's cool to, to be able to see her um, uh, using the move. Definitely. And, you know, aside from your in-ring career, uh, one of my favourite things involving Christian um, was the Brood theme tune. I believe, you know, it was probably for me the greatest theme tune in wrestling. I, that's a hell I'll normally die on if that comes up in conversation. For you, yeah. who's got the best wrestling theme tune right now? Right, right now? Yeah, yeah. Go for Ooh. a current one. 
I got to say that uh, I have only seen it once, but that Karrion Cross had a pretty bad uh, entrance the other the other night on, on NXT. That 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 looked pretty cool to me. Um, Alistair Black has a pretty cool entrance, I think. Um, yeah, I think off the top of my head, those probably be the two. That's two people that um, there's little shades of the brute in those entrances as well. Yeah. They're kind of similar in a, a little way. Um, yeah. yeah, so I mentioned there WWE. Obviously, you, you pay attention to a lot of that kind of stuff. Do you watch any AEW or any Impact Wrestling or anything else outside the realm of WWE? Yeah, of course. I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan, so you know I try to 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 take in as much as I can. I even catch a little bit of Ring of Honor um, yeah. whenever I well, so. You know, I try to, and I have friends in, in all of those uh, those companies, so I definitely try to keep up and see what's going on and check out what my friends are doing. In that case, um, who's catching your eye outside of WWE right now? I, I like Orange Cassidy. I, I like the, the <laughs> guy that I don't know, but doesn't doesn't find him entertaining. Um, I also like um, uh, Darby Allen. I, I like, but oh. he's very Jeff Hardy-ish, which I kind of yeah. like. Most definitely. That's, um, you don't know what it is, but there's something interesting about them. Two very intriguing characters and very different characters there as well. Um, yeah. the, you know, the reason I ask about uh, whether you watch stuff outside of WWE is the next question I wanted to ask. Of the piece, uh, people sorry, that were uh, sadly recently released, who do you believe will be a big star outside of WWE? Well, I think that, that everybody that, that um, was released, obviously it's unfortunate with you know the situation that we're in that, that these things happen and you know everybody in the world has been affected in some way by this but um you know there everybody that was released is, is talented in, in their own way and and was where they were for a reason um off the top of my head you know zach Ryder is, is a good friend of mine and i think that he's um he's a, you know he's a very forward-thinking guy obviously when you saw years ago with the the, the the youtube show that he did and he's always kind of been ahead of the curve in that respect, so I think that he's he's going to be fine, and I think that actually he'll flourish, um, you know, be, with this challenge in front of him. Off the top of my head, I think that he would probably be, in my opinion, the guy. Just he's such a passionate guy about about wrestling. He loves it. He's a he's a diehard. He's a he's a fan at heart. Like he just he loves it, and he's never going to give up on 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 his dream of of that. And I think that he's going to flourish. I really do think he's going to do some great things. Yeah, he's one guy that I think was always way ahead of the curve, and I think maybe that was his downfall a little bit. Um, but it's interesting that he was the name you mentioned because my next question was about Edge. Um, so Edge returned uh, at WrestleMania. You guys have got a long history. You know, the recent podcast was just the, the tip of the iceberg on, on your uh, big career together. What were your thoughts on Edge returning, or what you know, what was your thought when he told you he was going to return? Yeah, I was surprised when he told me that... Um... That, that he was going to 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 see a doctor and, and try to get um, um, see if there there would even be a possibility of, of, of being cleared. And when he told me the doctor, he called me like basically on his drive home. The doctor and he's like, "Yeah, they said I can do this." And I was like, "Wow, you know, like um, you know, he had a second surgery on his neck, and obviously the surgery has advanced some, a lot since he originally had it done years ago." Um, and you know he's you know he he's also he's got kids you know so he's not he's not going to put himself in any danger of of um, you know he, he put his kids before anything else so obviously um, you know if he, if he was comfortable with it and uh, his family's comfortable with it then that's all that's all I needed to hear to be okay with it but it's exciting like it's unheard of for for somebody to come back after being retired for for nine years and um, you know I know with his first WrestleMania match you know he had visions of it being in a different setting than it was, but at the end of the day, 
you know, I think it's it's good for people to have entertainment, much like with Cage Fighter, what we're doing here with with Fight TV, being able to stream it. You know, it's kind of unheard of for for, for this to happen, but um, the world needs entertainment. They really do. Um, they need uh, a, a good distraction at this point in time. And you know, whether I've said this before, whether Edge came out in front of you know seventy plus thousand fans or walked out uh, at the Performance Center for WrestleMania, the fact that he walked down that ramp with his music. Um, to me, is one of the greatest moments in WrestleMania history. Yeah, definitely. And you said they're getting to provide entertainment for people at this time is, I think, priceless for a start. Um, obviously, you know, movie um, cinemas are kind of closed just now. We've got Cage Fighter coming out in a different, a different setting than that normally would as well. Um, that seems to be, you know, you've got that going on. You've got WWE backstage. Obviously, Edge came back. No one's ever <laughs> fully retired right now. Has that ever put a little thought in your head or is it done? No, no, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> um, and that's I put out a little uh, a little teaser to say that I was interviewing you today and I invited people to ask some questions. One thing that came up that wasn't the thing that I expected to come up as much as I was a fan of it was people were a big fan of your uh, run in TNA. How do you look back on your your time in TNA? I had a great time in TNA. I, I really enjoyed my my a few years that I had there. Uh, they gave me a great opportunity. And that's what I was looking for, you know. Um, when I when I when I stepped away from WWE, it was to basically take to bet on myself that I could I could go further and I could do more than what I was doing. And um, you know, obviously the the schedule was very um, good for me. I could I could drive to Orlando, uh, you know, every week, so I didn't have to get on a plane. So that was nice. And um, the uh, but like more than anything, they gave me an opportunity to 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 um, to work at the top of the card and, and, and give myself the confidence that, that I could do that. For me, when you mention Christian, you know, of, of course, you think all oh, the, the tag team championships, you think of, your, you know, your solo career after that. But the one thing that always stands out for me is the phrase Captain Charisma. Where yeah. did that come from? Yeah, it was just, I was trying to think of a ridiculous name when um, I was off with, a, with an injury for a few months. And, you know, I mean, who isn't a, a fan of Shawn Michaels? And, you know, he you know, called himself the Heartbreak Kid and he just had this kind of catchy, you know, little, little nickname. So I was like, what can I, what can I give myself that, uh, that, uh, that could be kind of an annoying, you know, name that I would think is cool, but people generally don't think is cool. <laughs> uh, so I came up with that and I threw it out and a couple people were like, ah, that's, that's terrible. You shouldn't use it. As soon as I heard that, I'm like, yeah, I'm using it. So. <laughs> Time to prove people wrong. Um, I've got two last questions. That, yeah. is, if I don't upset you deeply with the next one, uh, hopefully I can get the last one in. The question I need to ask that everyone, every single year is always asking, why isn't Christian in the Hall of Fame? Can you answer that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. If I, had a, if I had a dime for every every time <laughs> somebody asked me that, then, uh, you know, I'd, I'd be pretty well off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not up to me. I, I mean... I appreciate the fact that that, um, that that people want me in there that badly. Um, I don't think about it. Like, I mean, it really bothered me. And, um, you know, for me, it's like, it's not going away this year. It's, this isn't going to be last year, but it's going to be there next year, the year after, and the year after that. So um, it's not something I lose sleep over or even think about. But, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate that, that people want to see me in there. Uh, that, that's, that's nice, you know. It's always a nice sentiment because it means that you know you're in everyone else's Hall of Fame that's in their mind, so at least you know you're staying in everyone's minds. I've got one final question, sure. and it's actually not so much a question as, as a request. I always say it with these interviews, I feel like 
if I'm not looking back at me as a fan, as a kid, watching the people that I'm interviewing, then it's a complete waste because you've, you always need to have that little bit of nostalgia. My one request is can we end on a five-second pause? Oh, yeah, sure. Excellent. You ready? Yeah, up oh, yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much. Christian, yeah, Jay, whatever anyone wants to call you, I'm pretty sure you're going to be calling you a success, hopefully a future Hall of Famer, but even more immediately, hopefully they're looking at the success of the Cage Fighter film, and man, I know it's going to be a success anyway for those names that you've got in it and the passion you've got, but thank you so much for chatting with me. Yeah, thanks for having me. appreciate it. Stay safe over there. Excellent, man. Thank you. You too. So there we had it. Gary speaking to Christian. Right, okay, come on. Mark, let's mark the mark on how much he marked out on that interview. I'm giving that a solid, solid five-star mark. He was, he was holding off at a nice three, but just at the end, I think he, he definitely pushed it up to about, if we're on the Meltzer scale, he goes up to seven now, doesn't he? So oh, like five. five. I think... I think we should uh, grade it because our mark is an X. I think we should grade it in Roman numerals and an X being a 10. Um, and I'll quite happily take that loss there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're, you're the the wallpaper for next time has to be the five second code. It has to be. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple or wherever you get your podcast remember we're twice a week on wrestling there so you can hear us on the tuesday and rab and grado will be back this friday confirmed guest and definitely confirmed guest we have the one and only joe coffee on the show um, and if you haven't heard the david sahari interview from last friday i think that's probably been one of my favorite interviews so far on wrestling that because it was a real insight into the, the kind of goings on backstage in terms of how you do promos and the creative side of things. So that was really interesting. So go back and listen to that with Rab and Grado if you do get the chance to do that. Remember, you can sign up to get more content, patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. Get your very own wrestling daft face mask at shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft. Uh, before we go this week, though, boys, uh, list of wrestling daft for Grab and Grado Friday is looking at the moment like it's going to be the worst gimmicks in wrestling. Now, there's been a few... There's been a few. Uh, Gary, come to you first on this one. What is your worst wrestling gimmick? Well, I was going to say this one, but I can't just because I, I loved it personally. I was going to say the Kiss Demon in WCW, but I love Kiss. <laughs> I think the so minute I, I saw your statue, I was going to say the same thing. I, I, I can't. I can't do it because I, I loved it even as bad as it was. So I'm going to say, just for how quickly it came and went, how big a builder was, Emelina. Um, I think the Emma thing was absolutely atrocious. Uh, so I, I need to say that. I'll save the Kiss Demon for now. Oh, yeah. Right. And uh, Alex, what about you? I'm, I'm going to push the WCW train. Originally, I was thinking Glacier, which is just a bad rip-off of Sub-Zero. Nope. And of course, you you got to give it to the big old shocky, to the shock man himself. Not only is he perhaps the worst gimmick, he's also the worst entrance of all time. <laughs> right. Fine. We'll give it to that, uh, but yeah. What about you, John? What are you going for? You're just going to gobble the gook of this up. No, I've, I've got to go for the spirit squad. I've got, I'm sorry, I've got to go for the spirit squad. Uh, a, a male group of cheerleaders in wrestling really doesn't work. Though obviously it did give the birth of uh, Dolph Ziggler and look what's happened to him. Well, there's one thing that if anyone says it, they're most definitely wrong and it's uh, Shark Boy. Uh, if anybody says Shark Boy, ah. they are 100% wrong because that was a great gimmick. Right, okay. Well, listen, if you've got a 
terrible giveaway that you want Rab and Grado to speak about on uh, Friday's show, get into us. You get us on at Twitter at Wrestling Daft, Wrestling Daft Pod and Instagram, Wrestling Daft and Facebook, all that shenanigans. Gents, thank you very much for joining me. It's been a great episode. Um, and we will see you next week on the marks. Until then, keep on marking. I've changed up the catchphrase. <laughs> then it's not a catchphrase if you change it. All right, okay. okay. <laughs> Join us next week when we'll be marking out. <laughs> Audio Frontier. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.